This is Amy Poehler. My new movie, Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2, is coming to theaters June 14th, and it's making me feel joy and sadness and anger. Definitely some disgust. Rose! And I think a little fear. But I'm also feeling these new emotions like anxiety, embarrassment, envy, and ennui. It's what you call the boredom. Okay, that one was weird. It's going to be the feel-everything movie of the summer. Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. Rated PG. Parental guidance suggested. Only in theaters June 14. Get tickets now. Happy Hour, the officially unofficial podcast for Mad Men on AMC. I'm Jim. And I'm Aaron. This week it's going to be Season 5, Episode 11, titled The Other Woman. Yes, it will. As usual, I'm going to ask you the question, what did you think about this episode? Yes, you are. Uh, best episode of the season. And I realize yeah, I'm starting to sound brilliant. like a wiener whore here. <laughs> right? Because I've, I've said that three times already this season, uh-huh. but I swear to God. They just keep getting better and better. Because not only was this brilliantly written... But it also covered so much mileage, character-wise. Like, yeah. several things fundamentally change and alter the course of Mad Men characters, and that doesn't happen all the time. And they all happen due to the buildup throughout the entire season. Yes. I mean, especially, like, the stuff with Pete that I've been uh, really hating Pete for, and mm-hmm. his his desire to just have everything really comes into play here. Right. Uh I, I just loved it from top to bottom. This is such a good episode. I think Seppenwall hit something on the head, nail on the head in his review, where he says, how you feel about this episode is going to fundamentally come down to whether you thought the characters in would actually do what they did in real life. Like, if you buy gotcha. their motivations, if you think mm-hmm. there's no way Joan would prosecute herself out, then you probably hated this episode if you think there's yeah. no way that, you know, Pete would have acted it away or Lane or any of those ones, then you didn't buy the episode or if you didn't buy Peggy's motivation. But well, Joan's fridge was busted. I mean, come on. <laughs> Jesus. She needs some money, you know? There will be real talk <laughs> on this when we get to there because I've, right. I've got some. I'm a little worried. I, I, I want to I delve into the issue as much as a straight white male guy can do yeah yeah you, <laughs> I'm, you've warned me and from I'm, my place I'm of loaded privilege i want to right. discuss the plight of the female and the double standard of of prostitution all right well loaded privilege is a good place to start in our recap uh because a bunch of loaded privilege guys are sitting around brainstorming ideas for jaguar uh don does not want to use the word mistress but he wants that idea incorporated into the theme uh and roger buys lobster for the guys I, I like I like jealous. I like Ginsburg's. You love it when you're in it. You love it when you're in it. That was yeah. just some random. We just throwing shit out now. When, when you're on. when you're. But I see. I got it like is a con. Is a very sexual context. You love oh, it when you're yeah. when you're all up in it. Yeah, I think yeah. that works on several levels. Uh, not quite as well as the slogan he came up with later. No, but, but yeah, uh, I'm with you. Uh, Peggy does not like lobster. Apparently, 
She hates lobster. No, I didn't get that at all. No, she loves lobster, and she was she jealous wishes, she didn't get any. Exactly. Yeah. She wanted to be in that writing room with the guys, uh, figuring it out. Which is funny. It's like one of those things where her ability is a curse, because Don knows she can run everything without his approval yeah. or acknowledgement or anything, and she does, mm-hmm. but because she's so goddamn good at her job, she is walled off from the one... You know, awesome thing that the firm is all hands on decking. Yeah, yeah. Uh, all right, let's move on. Herb Rennett, I think is his name. Is that right? His last I name? Know, I know his first name is Herb. Yeah, his first name's Herb. His last name, I think, is Rennett. Herb uh, the Perv. Asked to get to know Joan a little better. Yeah, in a biblical sense. <laughs> yes, sir. Uh, and he says he's kind of shy, which <laughs> to me is hilarious because he's not shy about asking for this. Uh, not in any way. That's a different kind of courage. Yeah, certainly. It's e- it's easy to look at a guy like Pete mm-hmm. and be like, this is a guy to be open for a, <laughs> a pitch. And then you look across the table at Ken, definitely not open for that. No, but Pete, he's no. like, okay, I, this this is this is my people. Yeah, Pete, well, Pete he, is my perv people. He throws it out there, and then you can see Ken's immediate reaction is, well, she's not going to go for that. Yeah, no, but- we can't do that. And he wants to shut it down, nip it in the bud. He does, and the guy keep, Herb keeps talking about it, but he's he's glancing at Ken, but he's really focused then on Pete because he says he's Pete's hot to the Pete. deal. Pete is yeah. this is not a bridge too far. Hey, there's no bridge too far in Pete. Ken's world. trying to pull the bolt out of that bridge and send <laughs> yes. the whole idea yes, tumbling to its death, but Pete's yes, trying is. to keep that bridge together. Definitely. Yeah. So then Don comes home to Megan, where she's practicing her lines for audition. Uh, he asks her for help with the Jaguar campaign, and she gets offended by his implications that mistresses are more desirable than wives in a lot of ways. That's the text. I want to talk about yeah. the subtext of the scene. Okay. He comes in and says, you're good at additions, and she says, not as good as the girls that get the parts. Mm-hmm. And then later on when he see what goes on in this second edition callback where they're like just treating her like a piece of meat, and you see the yeah. you know, proverbial casting couch... Mm-hmm. I wonder if these other girls aren't getting the parts not entirely on their merits. And that's one thing that Megan is refusing to do. And that might be something we see her do in the next. Yeah. She definitely episodes. seemed hesitant to even uh, do a little turn. That they right. Her to do, which so, rightly so. I mean, I mean, she's very talented. We know yeah. this. She's very beautiful. We know this too. So why isn't she getting the parts? I, I just, that's what, since, especially since this theme seems to be, uh, you know, prostitution and putting out to get ahead. Yeah. Exactly. I kind of wonder if they're going to bring that around in the next episode or two. Yeah. Well, it's interesting with, with actresses. Um, I kind of felt there was a meta context here where they're talking about actresses and this idea of the woman you can't have being more desirable, the, the woman you see on the screen being more desirable than, than the woman you do have maybe, uh, I felt like that was an interesting comment on actresses in general. They're acting. Is that a crack about Megan's teeth? <laughs> no. Okay. No. Because that's pretty shallow. Uh, yes, that would be shallow. <laughs> uh, so Pete approaches Joan with Herb's request. She is less than thrilled. Oh, Christ. To, this to, was... To say that. Uh, so what's the most uncomfortable scene in Mad Men history? It, it was the Zooby Zooby Zoo, and then a couple weeks ago we came up a new one. What was that uh, one? I don't know. Um, was it Pete trying... 
I feel like it's involving Pete. <laughs> well, they're always involving Pete. <laughs> but now we got this where Pete is propositioning Joan mm-hmm. and and thinks he's being smooth about it. So so Lane called him a grimy little pimp. Oh yeah, he did. I I've got a new nickname for Pete. It's grimy little Pete. Yeah, he is the <laughs> GLP man. He he Yeah, GLP. He's totally a pimp in this situation. There's no other word for it. No. Um, And he's he's so horrible at this. He's trying to compare to Cleopatra. Was Cleopatra a a prostitute? Well, I mean... What will it take to make you a queen? She's like, really? Mm -hmm. Are you trying to Don Draper me? Because you're not a fucking Don Draper. Well, what was his real goal in this scene? I mean, if his goal was to find out if she's even open to the idea, he did that. She said, you can't afford it. Which means, I'm open to it, but... The number's too high for you. It's like that classic line where a guy offers a woman a million dollars to sleep with him. Uh-huh. And, and she's says, like... How about a thousand? Or, how or about he's a dollar? like, how about a dollar? She's yeah. like, what do you take me for? He goes, well, we already know that. We're just now haggling over price. Exactly, yeah. Uh, but the thing is, do you think that you couldn't afford it? I didn't take that as a... I want to be wowed with a big-ass dollar figure. I think Pete took yeah. that to the partners as a way to... Get them hot for it and try to keep again his whole mm-hmm. time. This he's just trying to keep building this bridge. Nothing will derail. And then bridge. once her fridge broke, that was that was the straw that broke the camel's back. <laughs> that was the thing that solidified the cement in the bridge. Absolutely. Um, uh, yeah, yeah, I'm with you there. She wasn't totally. The thing is, is Pete. Pete's got a. She throws back in his face. Well, how would you feel if someone asked Trudy that? Yeah, but I can't remember what season if it was two or three when Ken originally got into publishing. Mm-hmm. Pete, in a fit of jealousy, had Trudy take one of her old, I think, boyfriends out for dinner, who was the head of a publishing house to mm-hmm. potentially get him published. And he's basically said, you know, flirt with him. So he has whored yeah. his own wife out for a goddamn <laughs> publishing deal. Yeah, I don't think that comment struck home as much as she wanted it to. No. Yeah, she was like, aha, I'll get you with this one. Yeah. yeah. That kind of slid off of Pete. It's like, like I everything would... everything else is grimy ass. Oh, God. He is... He really <laughs> is a piece of work, isn't he? He is. And then at the end, the whole smart... Well, I hope I haven't insulted you. That's really all that matters to me. Jackass. And Joan perfectly is like, yeah, I, uh-huh, right, mm-hmm. I get it. Yeah. So... Uh, next scene is Peggy thinking quick and saving the Chevalier account. She comes up with the Lady Godiva theme for uh, the the pitch, um, the ad, and it kind of ends with, I guess, the empowerment of of uh, Lady Godiva there, the empowerment of women, uh, targeting them more towards women than the man going into the bar. And yeah, that, and that, that women time. aren't just objects to win and seduce but they can also you know up you know bring bring the man up to their level so yeah. you know it's kind of preaching this equality to do to <laughs> to i guess sell the most evil of all holidays valentine's day <laughs> yeah yeah um i just uh yeah i thought that was pretty good and also i think something has been missing this season in, in mad men is effective ad pitches like I, See, I haven't seen a lot to where, like, I when I take a step back, I'm like, damn, that's a fucking good ad pitch. Yeah. And I feel like there was at least two here, Peggy, with the... Well, we saw a lot of Heinz, but they, they kept shutting them down. Well, I thought that... And I, I actually thought those ideas weren't that great. 
They I were mean, all right. The one that Megan came up with at the end was obviously much better. It was better, but it's yeah. still not like, you know, Carousel or Jaguar, yeah. especially. Jaguar might be one of the best goddamn ad pitches I've ever seen. It certainly plays for the market. It, for the, exactly, for yeah. the market. Absolutely. Um, but I even thought this with, with Peggy was really good. So it's like, and maybe it's because, as I think Daniel WB puts, like the goddamn beans. You know, it's like we were focusing <laughs> yeah. on beans so long. There's not a good ad pitch you can make for beans. <laughs> But, you know, Jaguar and Chavalier, uh, was it Chavalier Blanc? Uh, I think it's Chevalier. Chevalier, yeah. Yeah, Blanc. Well, I can barely speak English, let alone French. <laughs> French. Uh-huh. Moving on. Uh, Peggy tells the part, or sorry, Pete tells the partners about Herb's demands. Uh, Don walks out, but the other partners vote to make it happen without his consent. Actually, they don't vote. Uh, they just kind of let it, let it be, let it sit there. Let right. Pete do his thing. Mm-hmm. Let Pete be as grimy as he wants to be. Uh, I got to say, the the thing that really stuck out to me in this scene, uh, other than Lane's, like, haggling over bonuses again and, like, trying to get, trying to save money and stuff like that, the end of this scene where he looks at Pete and he just, I felt like he wanted to box him again. Mm-hmm. Like, well, he's like, like basically how like, disgusting of a person are you? You are a grimy little yeah, pimp. Yeah, I was a hundred percent right when I called you that before. Uh, the other thing Classic. I wanted to notice, I, I thought this too, but uh, I'm going to give credit to Lisa Louise Langford, who I'm going to start calling Triple L uh-huh. or Triple Triple. Like my favorite, my favorite Belgian beer. There you go. Uh, she says, does Roger know that Joan's a hoe? I mean, that's his baby mama, and he's more concerned with money than honor. Mm-hmm. Is the enlightened cosmic Roger really okay with the mother of his child being a prostitute, uh, being a whore? Uh, he's certainly okay enough with it not to stop it. Are we comfortable with calling Joan a whore? She did whore herself out, did she not? <laughs> well, I mean, it's okay. presented factually on the screen. Okay, let's let let's let's let that ferment a little bit longer. Okay, and because the scene where they talk about the five percent, I I want to I, I want to delve a little bit deeper into that. Okay. Anyway, continuing. So, what did you think again? Did, did we have a consensus about what we thought about Roger in that scene? Does that uh, surprise us? I was kind of surprised. Very mild fucking protest. No, no, from Roger. Roger. Roger is still making his same mistakes. You know. Uh, Roger made the mistake last episode. Of this Sleeping is a with whole Jane. new mistake, man. Of letting his his kid's mother be a whore. Yeah, like if Mona was decided she's gonna become a streetwalker, mm-hmm. I don't think that he'd be cool with that. Or if Jane. So why is Joan like? Is that because in his eyes she's always the other woman, and that's kind of? I feel like there's uh, maybe we're mining a little depth of Roger's misogyny here. Maybe so. I also kind of feel like he doesn't have any control over her. Like, Ooh. even if he went to say, hey, don't do this, it wouldn't have the effect that it would if Don, for instance, went and said that. And maybe he's thinking, well, shit, she won't take my money. She won't let me claim him as mine. Then yeah. what do I care? Yeah. At least he, this way she'll be provided. You know, this is an indirect way of. But he says specifically, I don't want to pay for it. Yeah, he does. That's kind of a cheap way of washing your hands of it, though. Or maybe it's Roger not having much money now. Huh? Mm. There you go. Yeah. 50000 is a lot. Uh, all right, let's move on. Okay. Don rules out the mitri- mistress idea for the Jaguar campaign and throws money in Peggy's face when uh, he 
when the team tells him that the new Chevalier ad will be shot in Paris. That is... Uh, pretty humiliating, demeaning. Oh, my God. Uh, yeah. But he, he throws money in her face for a reason that isn't actually true. Like, he assumes that she just wants to go to Paris, right? No, That's I what think... I, got from this. I think he was just being a giant fucking dick. And that... It certainly. You know, that. just basically... Um, deliberately, I got that he was deliberately getting the point because obviously they're not going. They didn't film that fucking thing in London. They're not going to film it in Paris. Okay, so like I think he's deliberately missing the point just because he's frustrated and he he doesn't respect Peggy. I mean, when he really thinks, a force to think about it. Whenever the thought of her leaving, like in last you know last season and a few times other when things have broke bad. And he has to really think about it. He does, but he's very casually dismissive and treats her as second class and like she should expect it. Like, hey, it's Jack. I can't put. I can't put a girl in a car account. What do you want? Me- Who am I, Superman? Yeah, yeah. You know, I can't let a. Yeah, I think he treats all his underlings like that. And even the men around her are like, uh, so you need to pretend that you're Ginsburg's. Yeah. Uh, ju- no uh, uh, partner, junior, no yeah. uh, supervisor. Mm-hmm. I mean, again, the casual misogyny. Yeah, of the era is kind of breathtaking when you see it. Yeah, certainly. Um, all right, let's move on. Ken tries to cheer up Peggy and gets a reality check for his effort. Uh, he goes in there. She says immediately, "I'm not crying. Don't want you to think I'm crying." Uh, and then at the end, the pact she mentions again—the pact they had to Your both leave together. Pact. Yeah, she's not about the pact. Uh, my question is: Now that she's gone, do you think she's going to honor that pact? I would say no. No? I would say that that was pretty much her washing her hands of but that But Ken is thing. the only decent guy in this show, man. Yeah, but I man, don't want to see Peggy do him wrong. I guess, but there's something... Like, sometimes nice guys can be the biggest dicks of all. Because she he's got this thing like, I'll get you to Paris, and if not, I'll get us both out of here. And she's like, fuck you. I don't need you to <laughs> yeah, save me. I can do it myself. Yeah asshole i can go out and get a raise and do all this and and you know i'm a desirable quantity i don't need you with this pact and so yeah, yeah. i guess a question for ken is does he even want to leave i mean they just scdp has the appearances of being up 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 now that they got jaguar That's true yeah. so this might be a kind of kindness on her part but i also thought it's in character with her independent independent woman streak uh well i get the impression that the the underlings at SCDP didn't know the state of SCDP, like the financial state, um, before uh, during any of this. No, I think they're they, just doing their job. They figure. I think they got stable, but not not growing. I think that's yeah, yeah. that's been that. I think Pete laid that out for us in the first episode, and so I kind of think that you know, obviously, they haven't gotten bonuses in two, three years. I think it's three years mm. or two years. That's a very. I mean. At my company, I know that's something we look at. Well, the bonuses weren't that bonuses, great this year. Yeah. Scary. Uh, but the pact was definitely made before the Jaguar thing, thing. So you're right. If if Ken's all of a sudden all about the money, which he hasn't really strike me as, you know? I mean, no. he he's doing his writing career. He's doing other things. He's more interested in doing what he wants to do rather than having a bunch of money. No, I think, it, but I think it's more about, yes, for him. Financial rewards. Yeah, yeah I, I, I'll, I'll co-sign that. Um, all right, so Lane convinces, convinces Joan not to take the 50K up front, but to demand 5% stake of the company as a partner uh, for his own sake, pretty much. 
Mm-hmm. I mean, he's he says that he's doing this for the sake of Joan uh, and putting her ahead of the company, but in reality, we know that this is a play that that he won't have to go ask for more credit. Yeah, that's the thing because <laughs> yes, he's doing what's best for Joan and the company from his point of view, but his point of view is a little bit fictional because he's operating from a mental space of we've got this fifty thousand dollar extra line of credit that if we tap it'll cripple the company yeah so it does i feel like it's something that in his mind he's helping them both out like yeah. look if we give you fifty thousand dollars of cash what's that really going to do mm. that's what three years of your income that's basically 350 i don't know that's a lot of money it's like i just did an inflation calculator it's like three hundred fifty thousand dollars. nice so but really it's not a lifetime. You know, that's going to be five, six, yeah. seven years. Teach a Joan to fish. Right. Yeah, you give her a fish, and she's going to eat for a day. Right. Uh, I don't know. I prefer to think of you build a man on fire, he stays warm for the night. You set a man on fire, he stays yeah. warm not, for the rest of his life. Not a fan of fish. Uh, anyway, what was I saying? people on fire. I, I am a big <laughs> fan of that. Okay. Um, I don't know. I feel like he's trying to, in his way, he is looking after her and him to substitute him instead of the company. Yeah, but I feel like this is definitely mo- him going to Joan at all. And he knows. more motivated by his financial trouble than it yeah. is for her her well-being. And his, I, I, but I do think he's sincere in everything he said as far as, like, look, when I was in your yeah. position, I wish I'd done a better deal than I did. Although, mm-hmm. shit, what, he's already named partner. Um, but that, I, the evidence of he knowing that he was a, doing a scumbag move yeah. was when he left Joan's office and that like, you know, hand to his temple, like, <laughs> oh God, well, how much further am I going to fall? Yeah. Yeah. That look is what tells you what you need to know. Yeah. He's betraying, uh, the, the only partner that he had at the company, mm-hmm. uh, ironically by making her a partner. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, interesting. Uh, and I've got to say, after this scene, I'm like, okay, Don is the only guy who is not grimy in this Well, scenario. I mean, even like I said, so even Lane is prostituting him, himself exactly. because to seal this deal for the money, he's being, you know, stooping to becoming a pimp, something he accused Pete of, his yeah. arch rival. So not a lot of people avoid this episode, uh, avoid becoming, you know, seen as, as, a, as a prostitute. Grimy. Yeah. He's a little grimy, either pimp or a prostitute in this episode. Definitely. Uh, also in this scene, she uh, very pointedly asks that Roger Sterling participated in this conversation, or this discussion. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm wondering if this is going to come back on Roger. Although, it's hard to see this coming back on Roger, given what Joan did. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I feel like it's going to come up between them. Because right now, they're... Their interactions are kind of limited to the kid, and she kind of put the kibosh on that last week. Right. So I think this is kind of the thing that we need to kick their relationship a little bit. Well, when she says, kind of in a, a sad, hurt avoid, uh, a tone, that I thought this is because I thought you were telling me to not do this because you had feelings for me. Hmm. I think that was a blow to Joan because Joan is seen, has been seen as a conquest uh, for much of her life. Very few men, in her opinion, treat her as a you know a person or admire her on that level too. And I think she maybe thought that Lane did that, but now she thinks that Lane, because that's the thing. Like if there's a girl that you're just like fuck buddies with or friends with benefits with, hmm. 
you don't mind seeing them stepping out with other guys because it's like, well, at least she's not coming to me and bitching about her sh- shit. But if you're like really care about a woman on yeah. that other level, you don't want to see her with other guys. Hmm. Unless you were talking about polyamory, and that's like a whole other <laughs> brain wiring that I, I, I can't get my, my mind around. So, Well, I got to say, I feel like Don yeah. and Lane, even Roger, like when he got real with her in, I think, the previous season, he's like, look, I'm going to tell it to you straight. I don't say this to just anybody, but you're the best piece of ass I've ever had. <laughs> you know, you thought that was supposed to make me feel good, Roger. I mean, that's exactly so. Yeah. Like even Roger, who, who his other like you know consistent lover, mm-hmm. doesn't view her as a anything close to an equal. It's hard to feel bad for her in this scenario, though, because she has set herself up for this. Her whole goal in SCDP, and she told Peggy this in season one when Peggy came on, was to find a man within the company. Well, now she's found her own man within the company herself. Now, okay, let's talk Surely, about this. Yeah. Let's talk about this. Okay. Everyone would prostitute themselves out for the right price, right? Like, Probably. Like, I'm thinking of something distasteful, like something like Joan betting herb level, like me having sex with some chic. Some... <laughs> Okay, is gay- she a dude? Yes, right. it's a dude. Okay. It's not a sh- yeah. It's, it's definitely right. a dude. I know that there is a a dollar figure. Why is chic? <laughs> well, because I'm thinking like okay, some 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 older. You've got a fat, fantasy, weird fantasy building up. In your yeah, he's head. wearing this white scarf and he's got a bear uh-huh. fetish. He's like, I okay. need this six two buck American bear fetish. Burly dude in my bed. Yes, he's going to tame the American bear. <laughs> Uh, I feel like, and they got the cash with like, you know, cause it's, I'm not going to do it for 50 grand, man. But like, so, <laughs> you're cracking me so up. there's these guys, the idea of a chic. So you got this like, so, so I, I read this thread on Reddit. It was an ask me anything about a guy who became a male prostitute, even though he was straight huh. and he was given up for $200 an hour. Then you got guys that are okay. like, you know, gay for pay, male, male, uh, porn stars who get down on dudes because yeah, it pays yeah. more. And that's like two or $3,000 a gig. Mm-hmm. Aaron would sell himself a little higher than that. Sure. But sure. like, would a million dollars do it? Would five million, 50 million for sure. Yeah. I will fuck <laughs> any chic you put in front of me for $50 million. For 50 million. D- damn. That's not too far <laughs> off the truth. Let's be real now. Because that's, that is freedom. And power that sure, you can't sure. really buy. Like someone hand me that. Well, you're buying it. That's permanent. Because then when everyone With came up ass. to me and said, "Well, you took a dude in the ass," I'd be like, "Well, fuck you, dude. I got. I don't have to ever work again. I can do whatever the hell I want." It's like fuck Pete you, said, money, right? Like Pete said it's one night in your life. We've all it's, made mistakes. It's one night in my life, yeah. and I got fifty million dollars. I got fuck you, money for real. Sure. So, do you think that's true of everybody? That everyone's got a no. price. This is like no, the indecent I, proposal. There no, are people out there people, that wouldn't. People, well. I don't know. Am does, I just does an amoral have a, asshole? Does everyone have a price in money? Maybe not. Does everyone have a price in something? Well, let's probably let's, so. Okay, so let's, because not everyone values money the same way that the majority of society does. Are you saying that she only did this because of Kevin, her her son? Like, if she was, if she was a single Joan five years ago, I'm would she do this? I'm saying her fridge was busted, man. She needs the money. Well, that was that almost. No, you're right. I feel like that was a little slightly over, heavy-handed. But like I was saying, yeah, would yeah. Joan do it if she was single? No kid. Uh, probably not. Really? I don't think so. No, no, I don't think so. Would you do it for five percent of SCDP? 
Well, I mean, let's let's, no, let's let's do the sheik situation. Fifty, 50 million, a yeah, sheik. fifty million. Well, he wouldn't be getting a six foot two bear, that's for sure. Well, he's like he likes him slightly. This sheik likes him slightly prettier, Jim. <laughs> All right, likes a pretty uh, fifty million's a good number. Pretty with yeah. some dubious Italian heritage. See, but uh, that's I, what he's wanting. But I value money. <laughs> I, I value money. Some people don't. Is okay. what I'm saying. Like maybe some people value. But see, all I'm saying is, can we call Joan a prostitute? Because she's not exchange. This isn't like two hundred bucks. This isn't like sandwich money. Is she or, selling sex for something? But she. Yes. It's for. It's for. It's. 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 It's for power and freedom. I mean, that's on a whole I, I other feel level. That, but she is trading sex for it. And right. I feel like that is the basis of prostitution. Let me ask you this. You cannot you have this. prostitution without sex. You cannot have sex for money or objects without prostitution. Okay. That's my feeling on it. Um, let me ask you this. Yeah. Now, was it immoral for her to do that? Maybe not. But it was certainly prostitution. Okay. Let me ask you this. Do you think prostitution should be legal? Yes. All okay. right. Me too. Um, that's a whole other discussion. Probably. Oh, we're gonna get some emails. Um, the other thing is, uh, shit. Um, at, uh, let me ask you something else. Am I warp your noodle? Oh boy. Which of the partners, setting aside Don, who abstained? Mm-hmm. Which of the partners treated Joan with most respect? Cooper, because he didn't even talk to her. <laughs> I'm gonna argue Pete. No, fuck you. Dude, Pete was straightforward and honest <sighs> in the whole time. He wasn't, though. He was grimy. He walked in. That's he because wanted to Pete, see if she was even open to it. He tricked her. Pete is grimy, but <sighs> he was never less than completely forthcoming and kind of respected her limits when she says 5%. He started opening his match. She's like, that's not a negotiation. Shut him down. But what, what Joan wanted was people not to even know he asked. So Cooper, in my mind, not talking to her, not mentioning a goddamn thing, did the thing that's, that she wanted the most. That's the thing. When he went back to the partners behind her back, that, yeah. you're right, you're right. You've convinced me just so now. So Cooper didn't say a goddamn word, hmm. and I feel like he's the... Okay. Even though he voted, uh, we, we ruled out Don, because Don obviously was the most respectful here. Uh, but Cooper... There's a couple of theories about maybe Don knew the timing and that he was but I, I don't buy it because no, of don's reaction when he found out yeah yeah we'll get to that like if you sure. have that theory it's like you have to there's a lot of people that cherry pick evidence and come up with theories mm-hmm. you have to have something that fits all the facts yeah certainly yeah unless this is jim's coffee theory and then it can just be whatever <laughs> the hell you want it to be but yeah um and i understand you might be debuting a new coffee theory uh maybe don't chicken it don't puss out man i might we'll, right. we'll get to that though uh, so there's a really short shot after that of uh, Trudy watching Pete reading to their daughter, uh, their hideous troll of a daughter. <laughs> this oh, come girl's on. weird looking, man. The problem is Pete reading to his daughter with his on his lap just makes me want to go take a fucking yeah. chlorine shower. Especially after he's just prostituting yes. this girl out. Yeah. Yes. Ugh. He should be wearing oven mitts handling this child. What's he going to do with his daughter when she gets older? Is he going to prostitute her? Yeah. Ugh. He's the kind, like, there's this chain, liquor store chain in Florida. I shit you not. <laughs> this guy puts his, and I don't know, this is 10 years ago. I haven't been back, but he, this is his cash as liquor. And he put his preteen up to, like, from the time she was 12 to the time she was, like, 16 on billboards and, su- like, with suggestive pictures oh, and stuff like, you know, come to my daddy's liquor store. Messed up. It's, I'm sweet 16, I need a birthday party. It's like, that was their advertising. It's like, so is your client ex- based exclusively pedophiles? Oh, yeah. Completely. Pete, Pete 
Campbell, I think, found the left SCDP that found Cash's liquor. <laughs> they moved to Florida, and that I so. is – I saw, I saw the, the, the troll baby grew up to be a fetching young lady. Yeah, this is a true story. Marketing to pedophiles in Florida. Definitely. I don't know what's happening in this <laughs> podcast. Either. Can we move uh, on? After that shot, Megan and her friends stopped by the office before her audition. Uh, and she and Don have a confidence quickie while her friend entertains creative. By the way, Jaguar, it's your problem, not mine. Yeah. Not a bad line. <laughs> she meant it to be the one way, but if uh-huh. you take it like, uh, you know. I got an awesome car. Right. You don't, it's, it's your so, problem, so not it's mine. Un- so it's unreliable. So it's like, <laughs> guess what? It's in my garage. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, Definitely. But she just came in for a confidence bang, right? Yeah. Yeah. As far as I could tell. All right. And her friend got freaky on the table. Speaking of prostituting. Yeah. She's basically letting she it all hang out. had her clothes off immediately. Um, so what was the point of that? Uh, well, I think it was partially to show what what kind of people are running against Megan here in these these auditions. Ah. When you've got people... Because Zooby Zooby Zoo, despite... It's it's sexuality was not nearly as I want to say perverse as it what was, this girl was doing. To, to borrow Don's phrase, it was, it was a wink, not a leer. Exactly, it was much more classy mm-hmm. than a girl crawling around on a table making animal noises. Cat. Yeah, yeah, and I think not, she was trying great. to get like like hey, you should do the commercial like this. Yeah, she was trying to get hired. She right. was looking for a job. Right, uh, and she was prostituting herself out in that way, and and. Do you think she would sleep with one of those dudes to get that part? Oh, hell yes. Okay, that's what that I was wondering. Would. Yeah. And Ginsburg is completely immune, which I love. Yeah. Because I kind of felt, because I've some... Yeah, he looks back. Yeah, I get it. Yeah, I get it. <laughs> I get what's happening uh-huh. here. But And then he's, like, focused on work. And that was the light bulb he needed for the later pitch, obviously. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so Pete then tells his wife that he wants an apartment in the city when they close Jaguar. And she is less than happy about it. She says that he's had a love affair with Manhattan. Uh, little does she know. They basically know. start singing the Green Acres theme song. What is that theme song? You don't know that? No. Uh, Green Acres is the place to be. Farm living is life for me. Land gotcha. Out so so she wants to raise. Keep Manhattan is keep from this countryside. And she's like, no, New York is where I'd rather be. <laughs> I can sing the whole thing for if you'd there. like. No, please for don't. For $50, $50 million, I'll do it right now, Jim. <laughs> I bet you would. <laughs> How about five bucks? You're a grimy little pimp. <laughs> <laughs> anyway yeah so she's like i hate manhattan i love manhattan there's no well, he's like there's no good bedtime noises yeah, yeah. pete do you know I, i'm a country boy do you know what a good bedtime noise sounds like it sounds uh, like as as much as indianapolis can deliver a good bedtime noise sure no it sounds like this that's a perfect bedtime <laughs> noise right there yeah yeah you're a, you're a country boy you like that stuff i like man. it dead i bet like a dead quiet like a dead dark i get used to the noise yeah um, i'm more in pete's camp here surprisingly right. i hate to say it i was gonna say that says a lot about you there jim yeah uh so they talk about that and then he when, puts all of his energy in putting his foot down it, exactly <laughs> <laughs> what the hell pete Come yeah on. his pimp foot yeah. Which Trudy casually <laughs> o- foot is strong. <laughs> it's, it's, it, yeah, she casually overturns it with her little finger. Yep. Uh, so Joan gets home and her fridge is broken, and her mother's waiting for her. Her horrible, horrible bitch of a mother. Did they just imply that her mother has been boning Apollo? I think they did. Uh, they certainly imply that everyone thinks that. I don't know if that's true or not. Yeah. But, uh, but, Apollo seemed a little out of her league, honestly. As far I don't as know. Looks department. I don't know. This lady's what? 60-something? She did spawn Joan. 
No, she's not 60-something. <laughs> no, Joan's like 30. 50. Yeah, late 40s, early 50s. Yeah. Her, she maybe, is awful, maybe. I'll grant you that. The whole, she's a horrible bitch. He's a baby. He doesn't know we all want his father dead. Yeah. Uh, uh, no, no horrible wonder, woman. No wonder Joan makes poor poor decisions. No wonder Joan's kid is going to grow up to be a prostitute. It is poignant, though, when you think of last week her discussion with, with um, Don, where he's like, my mother raised me to be admired. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is the mother that raised her. And also, Don, I think, took that like tonic. And now... Do you think Don admires Joan after what she's done? Uh, a little bit. Uh, they certainly have a yeah. connection. I can't tell if Don is more upset with the idea that Joan prostituted herself, which I think he is genuinely upset. Yeah, he is. Or, but was he more upset with that or the fact that he now will never know whether his pitch, his delivery of Ginsburg's idea won the day or, you know, Joan's jones man trap if that one today mm, gotcha yeah i don't know i don't know but i did notice that her mom the horrible uh alcoholic that she is immediately asks have you been drinking oh you oh, have well, that's a cause for me to let drink me too. catch up glug, 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 yeah, yeah. No, mm-hmm, she grabs mm-hmm. two glasses ridiculous mm-hmm, of course it wouldn't it wouldn't be it'd be not it'd be not social to to not drink in that situation you no, can't be unsocial so. yeah that's what i meant to say unsocial all right. Uh, Megan tells Don that she got a callback for the second audition and mentions that she'll be going to Boston if she gets the job. Don tells her that she can't go, and Megan accuses him of not believing in her. Uh, I think Megan's spot on here. He never considered it because he didn't think it would happen. Uh, I didn't think he thought it through, and yeah. it's funny that Don tries to put his pimp foot down, and yeah. Megan blows through that. Yeah. And he's like, just do whatever the hell you want, which is going to set up beautifully the whole no control mm-hmm. Not being able to own something that Ginsburg's exactly. going to tap in. Yep. Yeah, the the real theme of this episode. Uh, so Joan tells Pete that she wants a 5% stake and a partnership. Uh, and I thought this was amazing, considering that is all Pete has ever wanted, is a partnership in this company. And now Joan gets it and tells him about it. Mm-hmm. This is what I want, and there's no negotiation. Uh, way to rub it in his face. Way to rub it in. I sure. liked it. Yeah. Um, Ginsburg delivers a pitch, but that, the, the the whole yeah. idea is like you know when he tries to make himself feel better, he's like you know this guy's not that bad, and she comes back with the well he's doing this, yeah yeah he is certainly bad. Uh, Ginsburg then delivers a pitch that Don can't refuse, and this is the pitch. Uh, did you you can own it truly own? Yeah. Did you pitch that when uh, Ginsburg's going on about you know this asshole? He's probably got lots of things he takes for granted. Do you, do you get the fact that he's talking about Don here? Uh, well, I certainly got that this connected to Don because this is Don. Right. Yeah. I mean, I feel like... The, I didn't know I think, that Ginsburg realized that while he was talking, but... I, I think I he did. did. I think he did because he got the inspiration while watching okay. him cavort with his wife. And then he's, he's drawing like the fact that... Mm-hmm. You know, think about all the things that Don... Don, Don yanked his idea, ganked his idea... Yeah. Don goes, takes breaks that he's not allowed to take. Mm-hmm. He screws beautiful woman on the clock when they come and go where they please. I, I'm, I'm totally, when he says, you know, this asshole, I'm 100% positive he knows he's talking about Don. Now, is Don aware of that? No. And does which Don is, think this is a dig? Which I think Ginsburg probably thinks is very funny. Yeah, he probably does. That's my, Ginsburg is that's a very m- clever guy. That's my read on it. And he's yeah. probably I, maybe talking about Pete, too, but he's mostly talking about yeah. Don in my... In my 
Well, Pete is kind of the obvious build-up to this this episode, mm-hmm. right? He he has wanted everything, but then Pete doesn't the own season. very many beautiful things either. Except certainly for not a daughter. <laughs> Jesus <laughs> Christ, man! It's an eighteen-month-old. What do you want? I know I'm picking on the girl. Sorry. Uh, all right, let's move on. Peggy has lunch with Freddie. Did we actually we talk about the tag? The last something beautiful you can truly own. Uh, just want to make sure we actually said we, that. What do we want to say about it? Just the, did we just say it? Did we verbalize okay. it? Okay. Oh, we were going to get to it, I think, at the the pitch. At All the right. Because there's some people that actually listen to our cast and they don't watch the show. That shocks me. It shocks me, but I feel like now that I know that. we do a terrible job of going step by step through it. But but I feel like now that I know that, it's like if, if you didn't know that, you'd be like, what the fuck is the pitch? What the fuck is the pitch? <laughs> yeah, true. So, but it's people that don't have cable or they're in Europe and they there's no. Oh, it's, the Europeans, huh? I, I hear it's damn hard to watch AMC in step with America if you're, huh. because there's no like legal eh, way to do it. Legal. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. I'll you're letting like, like internet laws. There are no laws in the internet. Yeah, come on, prostitution is legal. Mad Max drives free. Uh, Peggy goes to lunch with Freddie, who we haven't seen in a long time. Right? A long time. Uh, he convinces her to make the move to another company. Uh, she seemed a little reluctant until he pointed out the fact that if this were not an emotional thing for you, if this were purely business, this is what you would do. And by the way, that's what Don would do. Absolutely. Yeah, and she I do brings believe, that up later. I do believe she has a WWDDD bracelet on at all what times. What would Don do? Yeah, what would, what Don, would Don Draper, Draper do? Gotcha. Um, and it's interesting that she met with him because Freddie is the one that first discovered her back in season t- one. He was working on a lipstick yeah. campaign. Campaign. He noticed her kind of like chops for, for writing copy and mm-hmm. was brought her to Don's attention. Yeah. So now he discovered her and now he's rescuing her i guess from sterling cooper draper price yep um anything else on that scene because i got an interesting piece of reader feedback on it oh go for it uh he said i couldn't help but notice that uh freddie called peggy ballerina apparently elizabeth moss studied ballet for years with the great american ballerina named wait for it suzanne farrell uh he says i have an autographed pair of her toe shoes on my wall but that's another story susan farrell or farrell was the name of um sally's teacher in season three who don had an affair with gotcha it's nice to see a reference of this uh, as part of moss's past and a tacit acknowledgement of the source of the name of don's school teacher's former mistress uh, who was played by abigail spencer an odd an odd homage or homage but whatever um yeah i did not catch that and i thought that was great yeah i like in in really good shows they always seem to bleed real life into their fiction Mm -hmm. they they take the things that are happening in the real actors lives yep and they build some some themes around that right i like it uh so pete tells don that joan agreed to spend the night with herb in exchange for a partnership and don rushes over to joan's house to stop her i love how pete tries to maintain control of the situation just with denial Mm-hmm. Don's like, uh, where's Jones? Like, she's already left. There's nothing you can do to stop it. And Don's like, get my things. And Pete's like, oh, yes, you should get your good night's rest. And Don's like, <laughs> fuck you. I'm going yeah, over to Jones' going house, Jones dick. Stop this shit. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and powerful scene when he gets there. Yeah. A uh, very powerful scene. Made even more poignant the way they uh, throughout it. the episode. Yeah, as the, as the episode unfolds. So the point of that is, you know... If this is what it takes to get it, it's not worth it. We shouldn't do business with people like that. And I like how she doesn't say that she's not going to do it. And I noticed this the first time through. She says, I understand. I'm all right. And thank you. Yeah. 
So basically saying, I get what you're saying. I understand what I'm doing and but, the implications. But I also understand what I'm doing, yeah. and I'm going to be fine. And But also thank you for being a decent guy and probably the only one that so far cared about me on a personal level. Yeah. Other yeah. than what I can do for the business. And let's also understand all of Don's motivations here. They're certainly caring for Joan and her well-being. Mm-hmm. Uh, much like Lane, he also has uh, another issue that's bleeding into this is his mother was a prostitute. His he, mother's a prostitute. Yeah, he doesn't want to see that continue. He doesn't want to see that happen to Joan. Speaking of double standards, um, I thought it was interesting. A lot of listeners chimed in with this, but remember back in Sal, when Sal turned down the Lucky Strikes guy, Junior? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Don's reaction is, why didn't you sleep with him? Mm-hmm. So he's not and as, he wasn't as righteous really, as he He wasn't getting say. shit out of that. Yeah. So between the fact that his mother's a prostitute and Joan, and uh, apparently he's more sympathetic for women than gay men, mm-hmm. um, I just thought that was interesting that in this identical situation, he basically encouraged the other guy or was even critical of why didn't you do this to save the company? Yeah. So, I mean, Don is in a lot darker place then, too. For sure. Yeah. But, you know, season three was pretty bad in Draperville. Uh, definitely. And then the the final line there uh, where he tells Joan, don't do this. I mean, that's mm-hmm. – I guess it wasn't the final line, but it's, right. it's a very powerful line there. Mm-hmm. Uh, really, really struck home. Uh, Don pitches Jaguar, intercut with Joan and Herb's night in. Uh, I, I got to go with my theory here. Okay. Because this guy shows up to the door. Uh, well, first of all, let's say I thought it was awesome when the guys walk into Jaguar. I mean – as disgusting as all of these dudes are, seeing them walk in in their suits with briefcases past another group of guys who just did a pitch, it, it was fucking awesome walking through that lobby. Also, I thought the guys showroom. walking away were, I mean, SCDP seemed old school. Like the guys uh, walking, like one of them was yeah. wearing like some crazy ass sweater, like clad and like hairy it wasn't, style. Yeah, stuff. it wasn't all establishment gray. Gotcha. Whereas Draper and company walk in, they're like total Rat Pack. I feel like the only one like who... they're going to pull an Ocean's Eleven heist on this on this company. <laughs> yeah, the only guy who doesn't follow that trend, I think, is Cooper. Right? He's the only guy. He wears tan and they, suits. They keep he wears... him, and they keep him under wraps. He doesn't wear shoes. <laughs> <They> do. <laughs> yeah, he doesn't wear shoes at all. Uh, yeah, but I thought that was awesome. Um, my theory, though, I, there is no theory around this. It's just something I noticed. Is that this guy shows up to the the door with Joan? wearing a necklace and we see a necklace on joan prominently featured throughout the episode and and it's one that she's worn a lot throughout the history of the show it's that pin necklace Mm -hmm. uh that kind of long skinny one that i think turns into a pin Mm -hmm. um and then of course she gets the emerald necklace from this guy in that scene and he's wearing a necklace i don't know the significance and i couldn't tell what necklace the guy was wearing because we have low death wearing a gold necklace he's wearing a gold douche necklace that gets buried (laughs) in his chest hair he is, yeah. yeah. That's a standard issue douche necklace. <laughs> standard I think issue. Pete's got one, honestly. He probably does. He just hides it under his tie. Right, yeah, you never yeah. see it. He's he's lacking in chest hair, too. I don't know what it means, but come on, there's too many necklaces in this for it to be a coincidence. <laughs> too many necklaces, man. <laughs> All right, uh, we'll see what the listeners make of it, because I'm, yeah. I'm not on board the bandwagon yet. Okay. Um... I don't know. What do you, what do you think about uh, his pitch? Here? Well, I want to point out the, the, his line about I feel like the Sultan of Arabian or Arabian with hell in a Troy in my tent. Yeah. 
Um, and that's going to be interesting because we had a phenomenal piece of listener feedback about that. Uh, and also just like how it really underscores how disgusting the scene is because you can hear this guy like breathing heavy. Like as yeah. she's turning around and yeah. you know, he tries to put her paws on her and she's like, no, let's keep it classy. Let me do this. Yeah, she's certainly doing him a favor. We'll say that. And then it's just devastating the the voiceover Don's providing. Like as she's doing the walk yes. of shame out of there, he's like, what price would we pay? What behavior would we forgive? Yeah. Um, and then you see grimy little Pete smiling over in the corner and this is a commentary on everyone in this show uh this is not just a commentary on joan certainly uh to a large degree is focused on her at this point yeah and they dissolve on into the the flashback of don meeting with joan with herb and he's really digging this like this is just reaching his little black heart like oh yeah restrain himself whatever yeah it is i mean that's that whole I mean, I guess if we're going to get really real, the whole concept of, like, ownership of women is something that's really primal, like, black magic. You know, talking about sex cells. I mean, I feel like that's, like, a lot of men's core fantasies. And that's exactly what it is. Possess a woman. It's the fantasy. Right. Because you build this this woman that you can't have up in your head to be something greater than maybe the woman you do have. And then she's just a woman. She's just the same as yeah. a lot of other women, but you've built up this fantasy. Putting women on pedestals is extremely destructive behavior. Uh, certainly, yeah. Uh, and we we see that Don is doing that. Like this, to me, is a commentary on Don as much as is it, as it is Joan here, because he's got he thinks he's caught his woman, mm-hmm. his, his his fantasy girl, Megan. Sure. Uh, but I think there are big cracks in that, and we're seeing uh, his wanting to truly own her uh, mm-hmm. to, to be a problem in their relationship and, and something that the fantasy can't last. And I forgot to mention that. So that's one of the reasons that the ad hits home because Absolutely. assholes like Don, yeah. all they want to do is possess the, the, the woman. Definitely. Uh, so some very, very poignant stuff there with those characters. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. Slick, slick advertising campaign, though. Yep, uh, with the target market yeah, and the best that, one of the best Don pitches we've seen in in years. He's confident. He's yeah. He's on his game. He there. knows the idea is gold. He's and back his pitch on is his perfect. game. Yeah, because he hasn't been on his game for a while now. Mm-hmm. And maybe it's just the style of pitches that they were going with that that kind of threw him off of his game. And now that he's back, in, kind of in his element, right? With uh, womanizing, you know. But he's, he's pitching he's right there. He's again. pitching his. He's kind of pitching one of his dreams to. Yeah. A group of men who are totally going to be receptive to yeah, it. Yeah, share the same dream. Yeah, so it's a little low-hanging fruit. It'll be interesting to see if he can build <laughs> on this, especially given his misgivings about the way he won this. Yeah. And uh, speaking of the the actress, uh, the fantasy, I guess, Megan goes in for a second audition. In the Did we talk scene. about the second? Uh, we, we skipped over the second, the flashback with Joan. Did we? Yeah, it happens in between, right after. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I don't. There's not much to say. It's the same thing. I just want to say that I thought creatively it was a very brave choice to let this. I almost felt like it went on a beat or two too long. I felt like it went on exactly. That's what I'm saying. Right. Like I think that there was probably a lot of pressure to like. You know, they get it. Uh huh. But they needed to have it hold on for an extra few beats before it dissolved. I didn't get it the first time around. Really? Like I saw it, and then it wasn't until after the episode when I was thinking about it that I went, "Oh, how much were you drinking?" Uh, nothing. Oh well, then I don't know what to say. (laughs) Absolutely nothing. 
Uh, just a brain malfunction, I guess. And then we we dissolve from there into the. But, but wait, wait, wait. There's there's more here because this scene. It's it's brutal that we see. Yes. That Don has come to her and said it's not worth it after she's, she's already, already done, done it. it. Would have made a difference. Maybe not, but but it's it really just rubs that idea of you don't have to do this in her face. She's already done it. It's too late to take it back. And even if Don's words had some, well, like she said, I was under implying her, that do it. The, all the partners were for this. So yeah, it, she it kind of implied that maybe. I don't think there's enough evidence one way or another. I personally believe she would have done it anyway. Yeah. But there is at least a hint of maybe she wouldn't if Don had gotten there in time. Yeah. Well, there's certainly the idea that she didn't know that Don felt like that. Right. She thought Don was on board with it. Right. Which I think shocked her. Yeah. And it comes into play later um, when they get the call that they've been hired. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Don finds out that she's a partner. Uh, but we'll get to that. So Megan goes in for a second audition. Uh, before that, uh, though, they did do <laughs> the last instance of the Draper walk. Oh, it's okay. shot exactly the same as the others, but yeah. there's no Megan. Instead, it's a retinue of, you know, the the, the douches. It's and and Matt and 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 uh, Don. First time we see without Megan, him looking happy and triumphant. So that's all I want yeah. to say. Moving okay. on. Moving on. Megan goes in for the second audition for the putting, third time. <laughs> putting in, putting on a display, a little bit of a display. Yeah, they have her step forward, do a little spin. She's very uncomfortable. With the situation looks like. Yeah, yeah. They're but also trying, fades trying to black to before as it's getting it's creepy. So I wonder how. Yeah, how creepy you know, it got. It'd be interesting to see. She seems pretty bummed mm-hmm. with with how it went yes so maybe she maybe there was something there that she wouldn't do right that she knew she didn't get the part right uh so peggy meets with freddie's friend who is this Caw co i think it's shaw i don't know how to say this guy's name it's spelled weird it's chicago i think that was the the joke last season (laughs) yeah they, they say it in the episode, it's but Shaw. I didn't, I didn't pick it they, up. They pronounce it Shaw. Shaw. When they say okay. the full name of the the the, the, the company, yeah, the company uh, Cutler, Gleason, and Shaw. That's what they okay. pronounced it. Uh, but he's from that agency, obviously, and Peggy commits to taking the job. Mm-hmm. Which again, that's his arch rival. Was a, yeah. They established last season. He's yeah. the one that they. That's why he's like uh, he, he fucked over on Honda with the oh. epic move. Yeah, that was awesome. Mm-hmm. Awesome scene. Was uh, that the sword episode. and the chrysanthemum? It was, yeah. 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 Uh, so, wh- what do you think here? She slides 18000 across the table. The guy writes nineteen. How much do you think she was making before? I have no idea. Because we know that Joan is making twelve five. How do we know that? Because oh, she says it's 50000 is four times what I make a year. Um, I have no idea what she was making before. Just FYI, that is about $135,000 in today's money. $19,000 a year. Not bad. Not, Not bad, bad at all. Especially for a woman in the 60s. I would imagine that's a pretty good salary. Right. Um, what did you make of his transparent eyeball talk? Honestly, that's, that's, <laughs> a, that's, a, that's a, a poem from Emerson, right? Uh, uh, written in the no, 18, cool, ra- writing in, in 1860s. And I read it, and there's a lot of commentary on it, but a little bit over my head. Uh, honestly, I have not read it. Ever, okay. So I don't know what it says. No, it's about how i i was peggy in this situation. i thought shaw yeah, had I, I laid it out it's like school. yeah you have to you have to see Pass it all but, but be it all too you have yeah. to let all this infinite perspective come through you mm-hmm. uh now what do you think i thought this was a pretty hard ad pitch to her 
that he was telling her what she wanted to hear, but with enough truth that it was going to slip past her bullshit barriers? Uh, or do you think he's just being totally honest? I thought this was another very, uh, this is a seduction scene. One of, one of several. A little bit, yeah. Or a uh, pimp scene. This guy, uh, he's an ad guy. Mm-hmm. So we know that he's going to certainly try to sell whatever he, he wants to sell you. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he does that in this scene. But I also felt that he genuinely respected Peggy's work. I mean, he said he looked through a portfolio and that's where the Emerson stuff came up. I did not feel like it was all bullshit. No. He wouldn't hire this girl if it was. But how much of this was to hurt Don and to uh, get some inside yeah. information about the agency and how much of it is... I have a feeling we'll see that because I don't think Peggy is done. Well, the other thing is if she thinks that this firm is going to treat her any different, I I suspect, maybe I'll be wrong, but I suspect that there's not going to be a lot of difference. There's going to be some disillusionment. Mm -hmm. And maybe she'll get treated worse. I feel like Don's relationship with her gave her an advantage. Like Don did respect her as a, as an ad. Person. It was an abusive relationship, but he uh-huh. did have this weird respect for her when yeah. the chips were down because she worked her ass off and yep. she did good work. Yep. Uh, and, and she's losing that by going to another company. She's right. making a thousand dollars more, but she's losing that, that mutual respect. And at the end of the day, Don saw her, even though, you know, she was his underling and all, I think he saw her as not only an equal, but as him. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll see how it goes over at CDC or I'm, CGC. I'm very interested in where Peggy's story is taking her now. Mm-hmm. Um, Don gets home and Megan is there. They talk about what happened with their respective meetings and Don's assumptions about her acting career uh, from the previous scene. Uh, I don't know. This scene didn't do much for me, mostly because of the the thing where Megan says, I would choose you but i would hate you for it what the hell is the point of choosing someone if you're going to hate them then for it like well i think that's another way of saying like i've done this in relationships like look i know what you want me to do and i'm capable of doing that but Mm -hmm. i i will tell you what the game plan is this will work for about 18 months to 24 months and you'll think i'm the perfect boyfriend slash husband okay. or whatever so and then i'm gonna, gonna be i'm gonna be a resentful rage monster and then you have that to deal with so how about you just decide whether you really yeah. <laughs> you really love me and what i'm doing and, and and my flaws and imperfections as well as my strong points yeah and we cut all that other bullshit out or you know you let me know if it's a deal breaker it's just i thought it was a kind of a crass way to be an honest to start an honest conversation about it it wasn't a threat it was just like this is how it's going to be yeah no certainly i got that but i i don't see why you would then go ahead with that option if you know how it's going to end well i think but that's the thing i mean don has to be honest back and be like well you know what having an actress wife who's going to be gone three months of the year is a deal breaker for me and it's not going to work and we need to talk about that so I don't know whether he – that's the thing. Will Don do that or he just roll over and do the reverse where he's going to accept something that he'll later be resentful for? We'll see. We'll see. I don't I don't know. Don seems to do his own thing regardless of what else is going on. Well, that's the problem. He'll take the third way, which is do whatever the hell he wants to do, <laughs> yeah. and we know how that goes. Uh-huh. Uh, so SCDP the next morning gets a call from Jaguar. Mm-hmm. They've been hired. Yep. Congratulations. Everybody celebrates while Peggy tells Don that she's taking another job. Uh, really, really good scene well, here. And and I thought that Rogers talking about, oh, we'll come by to kiss the bride was 
an interesting thematic choice when we've been talking about mistresses yeah. and other women mm-hmm. and prostitution. And now we're talking about putting on the white lace and yeah. And Megan's commentary very virginal. on, on the, the wife there at the beginning mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. being the wife. Yep. Um, Lane just can't get, can't stop harping about them fucking bonuses. Can uh, he? Yeah, man. He really wants that money. He really wants that money. Uh, I, I just don't know why Lane can't scale his life back. I mean, he he says to Joe, I took to, less he, than I needed, but how much do you really need? Well, I mean, the thing it's is... It's all if, pretense, right? If he, the British has government to, has his hands in his pocket, and he's trying to keep those for, for pride purposes from uh, exactly. A, the other partners, and B, his wife and child, yeah. then that's why. That's why he can't scale. Swallow your pride, man. It, it, would you rather go to jail for tax evasion? A lot of guys would. Pride. A lot of guys do. <laughs> It's a bad idea. I hey, I'm not. <laughs> I'm not saying it's not. So the, the thing that I really like about this scene is Don. Don realizes in this meeting that Joan is now a partner, right? And why she's a partner, and, and why she's a partner. Now Don thinks that he got to Joan in time to tell her not to do this until that scene. So he thinks, no, no, no. Still, oh now! Oh, oh, oh so now okay, he okay. thinks that despite his warning, he went, she went ahead anyway. and did it anyway. That to me is just a brilliant play in this episode. So he's upset for that reason, and he's also mm-hmm. upset because. But what is this going to do to the relationship in the future? That's that's my big question here because he, he she think she well she thought he was in on it. Now she doesn't, but he still thinks that she went ahead and did it without. Like after he said, I yeah, he that's said. true. That's a good point. I don't know because so the other thing is respect for her. We went instantly from one of the, his finest moments to one of his. Now he's probably going to be worse than he was before because this was a giant confidence boost that he's able. It wasn't his idea, but he pitched a shit out of it. Yeah, but now he's always going to think like, did I really win this on my merits? Yeah, now Jones did I do this under guy. my whole steam? Did there, you know, was that pitch just a mere formality and? And he went from just being elated and happy, and as soon as she came in the room, and he realized it to being the where he didn't even want to celebrate with anybody, which uh, Peggy yeah. misinterpreted. <laughs> yeah, what's so did. funny is like I feel like Don could have saved this situation, but he was in a dark place, and she misinterpreted it as this is just you not being able to be happy with anything or realize yeah. when anything's good. You know, talking about his his wife and his family situation, and now this work thing is like you can't mm-hmm. recognize this. Whereas he he knew something that she didn't know, and it just kept on like he thought he was nego- she was negotiating for a job. I feel like there's several s- times where he could have saved this, but maybe the I miscommunication thought, got away from it. I thought Peggy was pretty resolute in her decision. She she was leaving, regardless of what Don did there. Well, but in my Don opinion. did, regardless, we can agree that he did the exact worst thing at every, it's like, you know. <laughs> He's like, yeah, yeah, play this out, come on. And also, it's like, you can't be a Jack, because you're on a girl, it's not about that. It's about Joan being a partner. Yeah. Oh, Joan's a partner, big gulp of alcohol. <laughs> uh-huh. And then when, you know, trying to treat her like she's like a used car salesman trying to wheedle for a better deal. Mm-hmm. And, and then at the very end, when it's too late... What'd you think about that kiss on the hand? That, I feel like this is a moment in Mad Men that's going to be talked about for a long time. Mm-hmm. Uh, the moment that Peggy left, because people, I think a lot of people are going to jump to the conclusion that they're, okay, there is some romantic thing between Don and Peggy, but I, after being slapped down with that opinion, 
several episodes back by one of our listeners. I do not think that you can read that into this. So, okay, here's the thing. I'll stand by my guns and think that there was a attraction. <laughs> All right. I think this scene is where it died. I think really? I think this scene is where she outgrew him hmm. and he realized what he left and yeah. you know well, they this, they they yeah. the, the way that it was portrayed and I read the, the AMC had a bunch of stuff on the behind the scenes on this a little video and a story. Okay. Um but uh, Elizabeth Moss said that they told John Hamm to hold my hand and not let it go, yeah, but they did not yeah. tell her that. <laughs> uh-huh. So the way Don portrayed it, she actually the way she said is that those were actually real tears because what the, that gesture was actually really she's getting caught up the moment nice. it was really moving her, and it did great. look. I mean, god damn, that was such a great scene. Oh, powerful, powerful scene. Yeah, you're right. That's one of the that's going to be one of the iconic. It will be. Mad Men moments. That and the lawnmower scene. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody lose a foot. Come on. And Roger's LSD trip. Yeah, there you go. Uh, so Peggy gathers her things and walks out amid the celebration. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, we were talking about this while we were watching the episode. We both thought. Yes. When she walks up to that elevator that she was just going to drop 30 stories. Because she was looking <laughs> to the side, shaft. not paying attention. It uh-huh. would just be like someone to just walk forward. And uh-huh. then, ah! <laughs> that would have been, that would have been kind of been awesome, right? Kind of, but I'm glad it didn't happen, honestly. Because I like it. I like Peggy as a character, and I feel like that would have been too obvious. Yeah. A little bit. Yeah, it would have felt very kind of soapy. Yeah. By the way, Don uh, John Hamm, the veins in his forehead. I talked about him grimacing, but no one can pop a vein, multiple veins. Oh yeah, the like it looked like a map of the Mississippi River Delta <laughs> across his forehead. <laughs> Angry, four percent body fat. <sighs> Not only that, but like three hundred, like three hundred over four hundred blood pressure. Yeah, smoking cigarettes and drinking all day. That's what he does. He uh, smokes I, cigarettes, drinks, and chews Vagra all day long. <laughs> Probably. How can he, how else can he keep up with Megan? Come <laughs> on. Uh, that's it. That's the end of the episode. <laughs> phenomenal. Phenomenal episode. Uh, we get the credit song, You Really Got Me, the Van Halen version, not the Kinks version. Uh, they wrote it, uh, so Van Halen performed it there. What the I, fuck are you talking about? Van Halen, that was not the Van Halen version. Fuck yeah, it was. Was Van Halen a band in 1966? Yeah. Are you shitting me? No, I have no idea. Okay. I have no idea. I don't think you're right about that. It's probably the Kinks version. Or even maybe earlier than that. No, no, the Kinks wrote it, man. Okay. Yeah, I don't think anybody could perform it before they wrote it. I'm not going to argue with your research. I assume you researched it. This wasn't just like 30 seconds on iTunes. No, this was all brain stuff happening. All right. Wow, I'm impressed. Uh, But but it's ironic because... I swear I've heard this song in a ton of car commercials, right? Well, yeah. Lots of things. So they're pitching a car commercial uh, with this song. Uh, I, I don't know. It's funny. Uh, I, I do have two questions for you, or one question for you, actually. Sure. Without spoiling anything from Breaking Bad, I want to ask you who I'll is... I'll spoil the shit out of it. Who is more disgusting in your eyes, Grimy Little Pete or Walter White? After after the end of season four, well, Walt is a shitload more likable, right? Even as that's, bad that's as he the is, tough problem. So we've got a drug dealer, murderer. Well, let's not let's not spoil that that season four potential reveal. murderer, 
no, no, no. We know we've murdered people, but I, I don't want to yeah, spoil not, the season. Yeah, I'm not that. going to that. Okay. Oh, I see what you're going with that. Yes. That is pretty heinous, right? But yet we still like Walter White. More. Okay, so. Pete has not done anything here's the of that thing. caliber. Here's the thing. You put Pete in Walt's shoes. Uh-huh. Oh. We would have gotten a season four in the first six episodes. That's true. That All is right? totally true. So. Yeah. I think Walt, I will go with Walt. Walt's the less despicable character. Okay. Yeah, I'm with you there. Just because the potentiality of Pete is so horrifying. Yes. I mean, yeah. ra- Walt, say what you will about Walt, never raped a person. That's true. Yeah. And he's never prostituted anyone. That we know of. <laughs> Maybe his kid. No. Walt Jr. Skip fuck. No, no. Skip, skip. Next uh, question. All right. Then that's it. That's all You had is. two questions. No, I, I said I had one question. Oh. Uh, you had the next questions. episode is going to be called Commissions and Fees. Ooh. Uh, sounds interesting. Lane, Lane hands. style. Yeah. Um, that's it, though. Why don't we do some listener feedback? All right. Uh, we had a Hojillion listeners, a Howard Johnson million <laughs> listeners, uh, write in to tell me that it was a Winona writer in Edward Scissorhands I was trying to think uh, of. Yeah. I would give credit to a friend of the show, Rachel McKinney. Awesome. Uh, Lola wrote in, said, "I'm now listening to the podcast. Or li- listening to your Madman podcast. You said this is the correction segment. I used to call it old show. Oh, I'm just going to call it corrections. Yeah. You said Damas had told Pete about his past identity because of the aerospace. Blah blah. No, Pete opened the shoebox when Adam Don's half brother said it in the office. It's true. So That's another true. listener set me straight. Wendy Wheeler says your grasp of U.S. history is embarrassingly weak. It is. One of you said there was that episode about the Kennedy assassination, and then in that same episode, I think Martin Luther King was assassinated, and the other one said possibly, yeah. Well, you know what, Wendy? Your grasp of bald move host is embarrassingly weak. Because <laughs> we are I'm not the weak. one, and he is not the other. So there, yeah, yeah. Uh She says JFK is assassinated. Get out of here. She's right. Yeah! My, my grasp of history is terrible. Okay. Anything that happened before 1997, I don't know about. The thing is, I didn't think that was right, but I thought that someone else got assassinated in the same episode because later, hmm. like, I thought there was a don't reaction. Don't display your ignorance further. Where Pete was like, how could that, you know, he was reacting to a second, but I don't know if I got confused with that in the movie JFK. Maybe. Because Kevin they, Costner they can seem, do a lot to mess up your brain. Plus, that movie's a, a work of fiction anyway. Uh-huh. I thought it was factual. I'm not going to anyway. All right. So you're right. I'm a giant dumbass, Wendy, and Ooh. so is my co- my yeah. co-host when it comes sure. to U.S. history. Yep. And Madman history. Yeah. Uh, Shep writes in Aaron, your Pete colored roses mix up was tremendous. I guess you're a big fan of baseball's all times hit leader, or you do Pete Rose, or do you just admire <laughs> yeah. degenerate gamblers? <laughs> the most disturbing question is why was he on your mind? Uh, when is Charlie Hustle not on my mind? The Pete Rose porn is surprising. Oh yeah, Aaron loves it. Plus, he offered me an ori- a mint condition rookie card autographed oh, yeah? for one night with him. <laughs> worth $50 million. If it was worth $50 million, he would have had me. But that haircut <laughs> is a lot to overlook. Ooh, yeah, it is. It's like... I, I imagine his hair looks like what I think um, Trump's, Donald Trump's hair looked like as a young boy. Ugh, disgusting. Anyway, uh, on the new stuff, out, we're out of the correction se- segment. Um... Uh, we talked about a little bit about uh, Trippel's comment on Roger about knowing Jones a hoe, but she also said the new sign needs to read Holloway, Sterling, Cooper, Draper, Price. There's a new sheriff in town, and she's a D cup. Mm-hmm. Um, what's that's not 
she's actually Harris now, I believe. But oh, Holloway yeah. is definitely her kind of more of her canonical name. Yeah. Uh, they play Megan Edition Four. Okay, so the play to Megan Edition Four is about a woman who marries an emotionally stunted man on a whim and then gets shot by a sniper. Just saying. What is that? What are you talking about? The um, play to Megan Edition Four. Yeah. Um, oh, the play that Megan auditioned for. Right. Okay. Gotcha. Um, yeah. It was. Sh- what was it? The uh, little. It's called Little Murders, and I actually she prompted me to read up on this on because did they say that that's what it was? How do we know that it was Little Murders? Uh, I don't. Remember. Let's pretend like we know. No, let's not. We've already gone over this history thing. But yeah, I, I read into this, and it's about this girl who sees this man getting beat up by, and this guy he lets muggers beat him up for his money until they get tired and his leave prostitute. Yeah. Well, anyway, she tries to teach him into, like, standing up for himself and be more assertive. Uh-huh. And as she's doing this, she gets shot by a sniper and oh, blows geez. her brains all out over him. Jesus. He decides to go then get a gun and, I think, go to her father's house. And they then take turns in her apartment shooting people on the street with a rifle. That's the play. What sense does that make? Well, it fits a lot in with the murderous rifle rampage theme going on here. Sure, sure, but where is the leap of logic from my daughter got murdered to I'm going to go murdering random well, people? Well, it's supposed to be like a dark, I guess, a, a black comedy. Okay. So there's like an absurdist yeah. stuff and, you know, disturbing things. It's like things. Fargo. Right. Gotcha. Uh, was that a black comedy? Oh, yeah, it was. A comedy? Fargo? It's black and it Hell, had funny things yeah, in it. I don't comedy. Uh, no, I don't. Oh, it's total comedy. Moving All right, on. like Cable Guy. How about that? Okay, fine. <laughs> uh, Jack Wintrode says, last shot, the elevator is now a portal. I like how when the door opened, Peggy was illuminated like it was from the briefcase in Pulp Fiction. Did you yeah, notice that? Walking into her new life, yeah. yeah she stepped into the light. Noel, Captain Albano said, I love how the elevator was Don's hell, but Peggy's salvation. It was though, yeah. as though Peggy, the Madonna of the agency who redeemed Don with her blessed hand, left the work in heaven so Joan, with her triumphant gaze out the door, could reign as the whore among those in hell. Well, also with... <laughs> nice! <laughs> That's very good. Tasty. Also, Don is trapped in hell. There's no way out for him. He can't get in the elevator. Because Peggy it's just, never there! Because it's not there, yeah. Mm. And Peggy just walks right in because the elevator is there for her. Uh, you know, it'd be a hell of a fan edit if we cut to her, like, walking in. the elevator shaft. No, she just walks in, like, without looking, and then we, like, cut in a bunch of screams, and then we pan through the elevator shaft. Yeah. Yeah. Moving on. Sandy William Anderson says, um, she wondered, I think we already talked about this, she's the one who wondered uh, if Don had gotten there before she did the deed, would she have gone through with it? Mm, Yeah. I think we we kind of discussed that adequately. Mm-hmm. D. Chainless says, "Wow, Mad Men runs rampant with casual misogyny at the best of times, but this was something else. I felt bad for Ken more than anyone else in the episode. Twice <laughs> yeah. he showed he's really the only decent guy there. Wanting to tell Herb, I want to say her, Herb. Herb. Wanting to tell Herb that Joan was married and being kind to Peggy when she was upset, and then Peggy yelled at him and later bailed and broke the pact. Um, yeah, we talked about that too because I was going to ask that in the feedback mm-hmm. we ended up discussing it." Um, I, it seemed like there were, unsurprisingly, a lot of women upset with this episode in particular. And I think that's because, is that the one Rubicon that women still can't, like, charging money for sex is just, like, is, is not done? Maybe. I don't know. Not a woman. I don't know. 
have too much privilege Watch to that. answer that question. I was going to say, <laughs> yeah. I might start talking bad about marriage again. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> anyway. We have uh, a lot of women listeners. They can tell us. Yes, we do. I'd say by far this is the most uh, lady-oriented cast Which we do. Which is interesting, considering this is the most male-oriented show. Well, I don't know. In some ways. I mean... They don't make yeah. it the men's side to be uh, all that rosy either. That is true. They, yeah, they are, there are no Season one, season two, yeah, there was horses. a lot of guys, like, wanting to dress up in 50s crap and be Don Draper. Yeah. I don't know there's a lot of those guys that are now. Linda Schmidt said, Pete Campbell is the most despicable character ever, and I won't be happy until he's squashed like a bug on a windshield of a speeding Jaguar. Yes. Also, Don tries to keep John from pros- Joan from prostituting herself while Pete asks her if she wants to be queen. Later, she touches Don's face in an almost motherly way. Uh, as a contrast, Don threw money in Peggy's face and later tries to keep her in the firm with more money. When she tells him there is no price, he kisses her hand like a queen. Big stuff from a son of a prostitute. Wow, I like that. She's also asking about whether we think uh peggy is gone from the story there's no, no, no fucking way hell no all right she gives a lot of evidence but she, i just think I, I would argue that she's the only other uh lead in the show don and her mm. are the leads good point so no i would say rest easy linda she is not gone forever gil wall says i could see a big part of next season arc being about peggy going out there and finding things are no different everyone else yeah. because they won't be she's also she won't have the kind of bond with anyone in any other agency like she has with don and who knows? Uh, yeah, I don't think that Ted Chugga is going to be any more nurturing or, you know, I bet he's a big, I bet he's a rageaholic. We're going to find out. He's like one of those guys that like throws shit and screams at people. <laughs> Maybe. A lot of people are predicting that Sal might be at that firm. Mm. Might get some more Sal next episode or next season. That would be cool. That'd be a good way to put him in too. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Jamie Teekel says, I'll, for, uh, I'll say one thing for Pete. He's the only one that treats Joan normally at all. Like a businesswoman. Everyone else is all mopey and awkward. I'm trying to think how I'd feel in that situation, and I'd appreciate anyone not treating my body as a national treasure. When Jaguar News, Jaguar, that's some fan service, Jaguar News comes in, Pete gives her direct and unawkward eye contact. Joan, shall we address the men? That's kind of the point I was trying to make earlier. Mm -hmm. Kimberly Ginsler says, I thought that I was... Oh, and I was talking about Kimmy Gibbler being grief- creepy. She thought I was talking about her. Because <laughs> no, I guess no, I, no, no, no. I slurred house. it. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, okay. I got a thing for the Gibbler. Yeah. Uh, I thought the title signified Joan and Peggy each making a choice that transformed them. Joan for the worse and Peggy, I hope, for the better. But they are both changed in something other than what they were before the decisions made in episode. While it's true that men and women are viewed differently in, for infidelity than and now, prostituting yourself or allowing your employer, employer to pimp you out is a far cry from taking a mistress. What I do think is interesting is that back when something similar happened to Sal, Don couldn't understand why he had not slept with Lee Garner Jr. So clearly he views this type of situation very differently when it involves a woman. She speculates is that because his mother was a prostitute. I think we both kind of had the same thought there. Yeah, no, that's interesting. The question is not, I guess, whether or not you think Joan is a whore, but whether or not you think being a whore is a worse thing than being a... Uh, cheater. Well, first of all, we we make some progress, but stop calling it whore and be a sex yeah. worker. Sex, sex worker sounds sex worker. Sex engineer. Sex engineer. There's nothing wrong with prostitute. A sex technician. Prostitute is a descriptive noun. A sex nation. Yeah, but it's like sex trash nation. guy. You don't want to be. No one wants to be. No one wants to be a trash guy. No <laughs> one wants to be the guy that picks up your shit from the curb. Want to be a trash technician. Want to be a sanitation engineer. Oh, <laughs> an engineer. That's right. That's all what right. I'm saying. A sexual engineer. That, that class is that profession engineer. right up. Yeah. Alex F. says, my case from last week, nobody's going to die is even stronger now. 
I can't imagine that a show like Mad Men, which has always avoided going over the top, would have one major character quick to firm and kill another one off in the same season. That'd be too much, right? Unless it's the same character and she falls down an elevator shaft. Hello! Then we're talking synergy. Yeah, we are. Speaking of Peggy, here's my prediction. She's gone, but not for good. We won't see her again this season, nor the first half of next season. This is a bald wow. prediction. Mm-hmm. But when she'll, but then she'll be brought back in a way that's not too contrived. Uh, corporate merger? Or else, what if Lane's financial fuckery is worse than we thought, <laughs> yeah. and SCDP collapses completely? Don starts his, on his own with a few clients that he can salvage, probably with Ginsburg along for the ride, and convinces Peggy to join him after an embarrassing amount of begging. Or something better. The point is, I figure the wiener will keep her off screen for just a while to show us that he's serious. What's your take All on right. that? Uh, was she in the I scenes for next week? That. I don't think she was. No, 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 I didn't see her. Uh-oh. Boy, taking a whole episode off would be big news. Uh, we saw Lane taking four episodes off. But this is Peggy, not fucking You're Lane. Right. She's lead. All right. We'll see. It would be big. Um, it would be bold. I am expressing mild amazement at that prediction. Uh, Emma says, a couple weeks ago, the Nerdist podcast they interviewed John Hand. Did you hear that? I didn't get a chance to listen Here's to the thing. Now. I listened to it and I got bored halfway through it and shut it off. Like I kept waiting really? for them to talk about Mad Men. Well, the Nerdist doesn't do that. Nerdist will talk about. Here's the problem: with the Nerdist, the biggest, the bigger. I think their weakness of that show, which I think is pretty good, is that when they get a sufficiently big guy, they almost refuse to talk about the project to work in as almost a way of being too cool for school. Yeah. Yeah. Like John, you know, it's like, yeah, we got John Hamm on here and fuck Mad Men. We're just going to talk about some old bullshit. And- yeah, you got to know your audience. That's one thing we do on this show. We don't talk about anything but Mad Men. We don't talk about our lives. We don't talk about To be fair, we talk like we that. we learned a lot about each other. How much money it would take for us to <laughs> That's true. give it up? Yeah, how much money it would take for you to be a bear? Yeah, some somewhere chic. between three and fifty million dollars, I think. Somewhere, yeah. Uh, but yeah. Anyway, I guess he did the Mad. Mo- he did a whistle the mixture of the Mad Men theme song and the theme song for Harlem Globetrotters. So if you okay. want to hear that, check out the Nerdist podcast. John Ham whistling. That's a that's a riot. Emma was seriously disappointed in this episode. The sexism and misogyny are all part of the time period, I know, but the writers do have control over what is going on. This is the George R.R. Martin. Like, sure, rape and violence is part of the Middle Ages, but you have to make them a part of your story. Uh, He does. Smart people can disagree. To have the hot, sexy secretary literally sleep her way up uh, the CDP hierarchy really upset me. I thought Joan had substantially evolved as a character, but now she's turned back into a semi-clever girl. But easy girl that she's portrayed as in the earlier seasons. I don't think I'd be as upset about this had she suggested the idea of being her partner, but she had that spoon fed to her by Lane. I don't see the partners taking her seriously. Well, that actually is a good point. The fact that Lane had to be the one to give her the idea to make it worth it. Yeah, I'm with her there. Like that would have been a little stronger. Joan suggesting that Joan making the power play there would have been better. Uh, I do think that without Joan's kind of transformation over the last couple seasons to less of a just sex object around the office and more of a a real character and real thinking person, I, I think it would have been the the effect of this episode would have been lessened. Shit would have hurt if we had talking about season one Joan. What would yeah. we would have thought completely different? So yeah, I kind of think that's a little bit of a triumph that. It's provoked this much discussion, and 
Yeah. Well, that's what good shows do is they, they take characters that you love, they make you hate them, then they make you love them again, and mm-hmm. then they make you hate them again. It's it's playing with the audience. Well, like I said, it's just like Seppenwall said. So I guess it's like what Seppenwall always said. Uh, do you think Joan would do this mm-hmm. if she's a real person? And I got to say, I think that in these sort of circumstances, in this point in her life, with what she saw as all the people that she respected and admired, basically giving her the implicit okay that she would have. I, I think if they had put any less resistance into that character at this episode, I wouldn't have felt it was authentic. But there again... But they put just enough resistance into Joan that she knew this was wrong. She didn't want to do it, but she did. Hmm. All right. Uh, Tom G says, I've always liked the work Gary Bar- Basa- Basaraba has done. <laughs> What's that name again? Basaraba. So he's the guy that played Herb. Herb. All right. Uh, I've never seen him before. He's every man defined. For every Kevin Costner, Brad Pitt, or George Clooney, there needs to be a Gary Basaraba. Sure, sure. Imagine he answers casting calls for Guy Next Door, Partner Cop, or Dad. His agent should put yeah. a permanent filter on castingcalls.com for creepy car executive or just creepy because <laughs> he has it nailed. I feel like I got to take a shower. He could pull off a, like an Italian mobster, I think. <laughs> I bet he's been, he's been in Sopranos. Oh, certainly. For fuck's sake. Yeah. So wise words from our poet laureate. Josh P says, I believe that this will be the episode that defines the season for Mad Men. I said, yeah. that being said, I hated it. I honestly felt dirty <laughs> after watching it. Me too. Don is the worst culprit. He has the first to say it's a bad idea, but then he is the first to leave the room. He didn't stand there and lecture to partners about what they were thinking about doing. He just left. And that's mm-hmm. pulling, pulling a Pontius pilot and washing his hands of it. Pete may have done the dirty work, but everyone is to blame. No one stopped it. And no one really wanted to. Even Don's feeble attempt to stop Joan was a Joan-k. It's a Joan joke. That's my question here. Could Don have stopped it if he tried? I don't know because I don't like think Pete there's enough said, evidence to say either way. There's 75 percent of the the partners who didn't care. Yep. Enough to stop it. Well, Joan could have stopped it. That's what. Certainly, that's the thing. Yeah, I, I'm saying could Don have stopped it? If he wanted I don't to. know, man. He could have probably. But he could have given a stern lectures to everyone the there, thing. but in the end, they vote for Bert's it. Bert's a question mark, but come on, Roger and Lane. He couldn't lean on them. I think he could lean on Roger and get a fifty-fifty split vote. But Lane is compromised. That's yeah, a good question. Yeah. Lane needs needs something to happen here. So that would be whether you believe he could talk. If if Lane would rather have his. Fifty thousand dollars, not get caught. Yeah, um, and I can. And I. This is a but good yeah, point Don here. Try to stop this is fortune telling that uh, Josh is doing here. I also totally see Pete and Joan having Lane and Pete moment in the future partners meeting. Joan will say something, and Pete will come back with, "You don't know what you're talking about." As far as I'm concerned, your usefulness to us ended the night you fucked that fat car guy oh. from Brooklyn. Is Pete gonna box Joan? <laughs> Is that what I'm hearing? I would take Joan in that fight. I would do. I would. I would too. bet heavy on the Joan. After seeing the beating that Pete took at Lane's hands. All right, we got the two uh, fantastic emails here. Okay. Uh, Marcelina J says Joan is compared to both Cleopatra and Helen of Troy. Both are powerful women who died tragic deaths. Their destinies overshadowed by the fate of the men that they loved and in the end died for. Hmm. The shadow of what Joan did will loom over her for the rest of her days, as all the partners know how she got her partnership. Uh, it's a piece of information to always be there, reminding everyone of what they have done and eventually tearing the partners and the company apart. Yeah. Maybe all those images of death will actually mean the death of SCDP. 
A few words about Ginsburg. Good guy. Good God, that guy's annoying. And I can't shake the feeling that he will be the next one leaving the company. Every man for himself, like Roger said. And Ginsburg seems to have to see uh, to have. N- n- does, excuse me. Ginsburg seems to not see SCDP as family, but as a job. A job he will throw away as soon as something better comes along. No feelings, no regrets. In my opinion, him telling Peggy about Roger's scheme for the Jewish wine brand a few episodes back was a clear indicator of this. What do you think? I really wish we could have... Uh, I really wish that I could have like a constant dialogue with our fans. You do on Facebook. I can't post on Facebook for... You could. ...Facebook reasons. Uh, because I, I want to ask why he thinks that Ginsburg treats us as just a job. Point of fact, this was, a, to- this was actually an email that we both got. <laughs> So you could yeah, have. I, I could have responded. You're right. You're correct. Uh, <laughs> I should do that because I I view Ginsburg as not viewing this as a job. Is viewing this more of a career. Like he was he was happy to get this job. He he was thrilled. But did you know? he think it was something different? Because he remember he's like I'm dying to work with you. The guy who wrote that letter and. You know, I've seen your work and the way you guys. Well, do you think he's illusioned or disillusioned with John mm-hmm. Don right he, now? He might be disillusioned because he's seen Don not at his best. Certainly. Yeah, so I think he wanted that family. Yeah, but now he, maybe obviously, he switched to job mode. There you go. Yeah. Anything else? Nope. Last one. Dan in New York. Peggy. Peggy is taking a different path, the path of Helen of Troy. Courted by the Prince of Troy, she runs off with him, and thereby starts the Trojan War. He's talking about Helen here. When Don throws money at peggy parroting the prostitution theme he yells peggy you want to go to paris go to paris paris in this case is not only the city but paris is the name of the prince of troy here manifested as teddy chow chaw this could mean war will break out between scdp and chow's firm in the future chaw's firm in the future jesus uh continuing talking about peggy he says she has no time for chivalry offers of assistance coming from the men around her right after don yells at her cosgrove shakes his head and follows peggy into her office he tries to be the white knight rescuing the damsel in distress but she rebuffs him before we move on i thought that was a pretty good that's that's we can debate about this next point but this Mm -hmm. trojan war helen of troy yeah this is the lines of elizabeth uh moss and and uh her teacher or whatever that's i feel like that's that's and that's that's a theme that dan picked up on it was intentionally there yeah i mean it's too coincidental to not have all that in there um peggy knows all the stories and like a good admin manipulates them to believe to manipulate the public rather she twists the lady godiva story of a woman using nudity to get her way into a parable of female power in peggy's version lady godiva rescues a man by scooping him up into her horse all in order to switch the normal order of things and get women to buy cologne for men on Valentine's Day. What's the name of this cologne? Chevalier. Chevalier. Chevalier Blanc, yeah. which means white knight in French. Ba-dum-ba-dum. Oh, hey now. The chivalry theme also made itself in the freelancers, which were as originally a term for unaffiliated knights seated around an oval table. Uh, comparing to the round table, all of whom rise when a woman enters the room, and also, more importantly, in the final scene between Don and Peggy. Don's long kiss of her hand, practically kneeling before her, is a classic move of a white knight who chastely loves his lady and offers his undying loyalty. This is as good as chivalry gets, and Peggy is moved. But she knows that chivalry offers no lasting solution to women. By exalting women, it sets them apart from the world, denying them real power. Peggy seeks to make it on her own merits... 
as an equal, not as a lady. This is what makes her the true other woman of the title. That is to say, a new kind of woman. Hot damn. I like that. Not bad. Not bad. Dan in New York. Bravo. Yes. I apologize. We had... I had to paraphrase, cut, and sometimes leave out a lot of stuff because we just yeah. didn't have time for it. Yeah. Um, so I hope... We ran a little longer. If I didn't get to you this week, I hope I get to you next week and um, hope that I didn't at least miss any thoughts. Yeah. Even though I didn't get to read everybody's exact words, I hope I got the best best of everything's thoughts in there. So... Ready to initiate the outro sequence? If you are. Super quick, because I'm tired. Uh, <laughs> if you want to keep up with what me and Jim are doing, go to baldmove.com. Listen to our various other podcasts. If you'd like to send us feedback about this one, you can do so at madmen at baldmove.com. You can follow me at Facebook, facebook.com slash baldmove. Jim holds down Twitter, at baldmove. Lots of different ways to support us. Number one, tell a friend. Uh, number two, leave us an iTunes review. We kind of had a, a drive last month or last week, and we almost got over 100. We're at like 98 and holding. Oh. So, again, thank you very much. That really helps us boost the traffic and, and, and reach more people, which is the reason we're doing this in the first place is, you know, the more, obviously, Dan from New York. and Yeah, we had a podcast and, before that got like 50 people. We quit that. <laughs> yeah, yeah right that's why we're doing it because you people listen so. yeah we have all you guys and tom g and and the shep and and the d and linda and noel and triple l and all these people that make our lives uh more interesting and our cast more informative that's what we live for so we're just trying to get more and more uh you can help you know speaking of prostitution uh <laughs> If you're buying shit on Amazon anyway, consider using our Amazon.BaldMove.com link, or you can also get to the same place at the top of our BaldMove.com site. There's a big yellow orange banner. Also consider that fifty million dollar deal. That's that right. Was talking about. I'm tell I that's that's a listen. <laughs> you don't have to be a oil sheik. You just have to have fifty million. <laughs> so I can work that out. Uh, anyway, it, anything you buy on that session, it doesn't cost you anything. It just goes and takes a little bit of profit from Amazon and gives it to us. And uh, we've had some listeners really do some nice things. Like someone bought a whole Adobe suite. Yeah. Uh, we've had people buy laptops yeah. and Kindle fires and, you know, we just really appreciate that. The kind of big ticket stuff. If you're getting on Amazon, it just helps us pay for the bandwidth. Um, keep the lights on here at the bed, uh, bald move headquarters by Canadian club whiskey. It's all appreciated. <laughs> And finally, we had this thing last week. Um, we or a few weeks ago, we debuted Flatter. It's a little icon on our site where you can go and, and charge up a Flatter account and then direct it to donate us money. We've been resisting using PayPal because Jim and I both hate it. Uh, we've had some listeners want us to bring in PayPal donations. We will see. Um, you know, again, I feel weird about just taking money from people. I, I like the Amazon yeah. route better. Well, that's what you're doing with Flatter, but. That's what I'm saying. I, no, I'm no, I'm saying I just yeah. I feel I feel a little prostitute. About doing flatter, yeah. Feel a little rice aroni. Yeah. So but the, the listeners requested it, man. It wasn't like we put it up. Right. Right. So what are you gonna do? I don't know, I'm a little drunk. <laughs> All right, well we should end the episode then. Yeah. Uh next week you said it was Uh next week it's called Commissions and Fees. Uh with only two more episodes left. Yeah. So, and then we have like a month off, and then Breaking Bad comes roaring back for season five. Can I five. say I am so excited about Breaking Bad? If you have not seen the first four seasons of Breaking Bad, go watch them. 
Yeah, in the got month a, lead up, you've got a, it, it's possible. We know we can do this because we you we plowed we yeah. plowed through almost three seasons or two seasons justified in like two weeks. Yeah, you, so you for damn it. sure can plow through four, especially since that first season's a pussy season. It's like yeah, six seven episodes. episodes. It's nothing. Go, go do it. It's a fantastic show. It's my favorite show, uh, just from the watchability standpoint alone. I like Mad Men. I'm now I know I, you do. I, I, Mad Men's A1 for, for me. Uh, Breaking Bad's uh It's phenomenal, but watchability, man. I just love watching Walt do his thing. I love it. Uh, I can't wait for it to come back. Uh, but our listeners should love it, too. If you haven't seen it, go watch it. Uh, it's coming us. in July, I believe. It's uh, yeah. July 17th. And we do podcasts about it. So, uh, But that's it. Until next week, I'm Jim. And I'm Aaron. See you guys then. Mm-hmm.